Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. No such thing as pride when you're this hot. <laughs> Welcome in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide television, SWX Montana TV. If you see a little uh, stain on my shirt, it's because I uh, spilled my Florence Coffee on myself. We're going to get to that in a minute. Great advertising for Florence Coffee Company, though, here. <laughs> um, it is hot, if you haven't noticed. Uh, we've been sweating all day. I've been wearing my golf shirts and my baseball hat. Be- only out of functionality. You can sport the bandana, the do-rag, whatever you want to call it. I'm sweating down my face. Buddy, I would get rid of the hat. The hat is clogging you. The hat is keeping the heat in, right? No, I understand, but it's also making the sweat not run down my face in the middle of my live television show. Buddy, I, I got an extra bandana in a car, a white one. I got, I got, I'll hook you, you up. You don't understand how big my head is, dude. You have a giant head. My head is bigger than your head. I there's, promise. There's no way. Bro, I buddy. wear an eight or an eight and a quarter, dude. You got a big, you got a big head. <laughs> nah, I, I'm, I'm rocking a seven and seven A's. You, 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 are, we cool. Nuana's now one of two ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. Rajim Seabrook joining me in hey. studio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks much for hanging out. Hopefully you're in your truck or your car with air conditioning or in your house with air conditioning. I know it's cliche and low hanging fruit to talk about the weather, but I've lived in Montana for I think 21 of the 33 years I've been alive. 34 years. But I lived here for 21 years, on and off for 21 Long years. Long time. Long time. Most of, you know, since I was a little kid, most of the time. And uh, this is the hottest I remember it being before July in Missoula that, that I can remember. It, it, it has not been 104 degrees in Missoula before the 4th of July that I can never remember. I've been here for 22 years. This is the hottest June I have ever been in. And maybe minus the summer of 2000. When it was red skies every day for most of the yep, summer. Yep. But even then, it was, still wasn't as stifling and as just warm as it is today and yesterday. A ton to get to. We're going to talk about the state of society because that's what we love to do. We're also going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We're also going to talk about the Olympics, both from a psychological perspective as well as I got some trivia questions for you uh, during this first hour. About 4.45. Stay heads up for that. It is a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wigget Wednesday. 
We will have trivia with you, the listener. So 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. You're going to want to remember that because we got wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. We have Missoula Paddleheads tickets for both tonight and tomorrow's games. And best of all, we have a $50 gift card to Paradise Falls for you. So be sure to uh, stay tuned and remember that number, 888-1029. Second hour, we're going to do our ESPN roundtable. It's the week of 4th of July. I think everybody and their dog, besides the guys you're watching on TV, are at the lake. So usually our ESPN roundtable is our long-form interview of the week. We're going to have a long-form conversation, and Paradise Falls, our great sponsor, um, they understand. Uh, we, we'll, we love to do the long-form interviews, but we're just going to have a long-form conversation about the best college basketball players, specifically from the Big East, but also from all of the nation from the 1980s, which was certainly the golden era of college basketball. Also, a couple other things to get to with Rajin that I want his opinion on. New uh, general manager. For the Dallas Mavericks, Nico Harrison, a Montana State alum. Pretty cool. Also mm-hmm. a new coach for the Boston Celtics, Ime Edoka, a Portland State alum. So two Big Sky guys getting big-time jobs in the NBA. Also LeBron James opting out of the Olympics today. Damian Lillard opting in. What does that mean for both of their legacies? I think it's understandable about LeBron. But still, it is a big deal because there has not been an Olympics since, what, I think... Beijing? Beijing. 2008 when LeBron James was not part of Team USA. So Correct. Uh I know it's it, it's it, you can't say that it's it's even close to over for LeBron, but we've seen a couple things that we've never seen before from him: getting hurt during the season, missing uh, games, losing in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. and, and now opting out of the Olympics. If there's anybody that could defeat Father Time, it's LeBron James. But Father Time still remains undefeated, so we'll see where we get to. They're sitting at the chess at the chessboard together right now, looking at each other. We'll see. Very indicative of his future, though. Uh, my mother says... Uh, Mama New. I love Mama New. We need a Mama New segment. We I do. love well, her. She's, she's always giving us great uh, perspective her. here. But she is always making fun of me. Because my mother is from Southern California. And then uh, spent her teenage years in Sedona, Arizona. Which is where my dad's from. It's pretty hot. So, you know, she was used to the, the Phoenix slash high desert. I mean, Sedona is almost... I mean, it's 6,500 feet above sea level. I mean, Sedona is very high. It's on yeah. the way up the hill yeah. to Flagstaff. So it's significantly higher than Missoula. And so 100 degrees in Sedona feels like, I mean, you're so close to the sun. Some of the worst sunburns I ever got in my life were in Sedona when I was a kid. I don't know so nothing she about is, them. She is very, <laughs> she is very <laughs> accustomed to the heat. So she's always making fun of all of us Montanans, you know, they, when we start crying when it's 100 degrees for three days. I mean, she was living in the 100 degrees for months and months at a time. She, Mama News tough. I, was I ask, like this I lady. I was asking her about AC units today, and she's like, you're so silly. I've never had an AC unit in my life. And I'm like, well, but Mom, like... Tatanka's hot. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need to get an AC unit for sure. But anyway, she reminds me that uh, 2015 was really, really hot. Um, she said my brother, when he was married, uh, huge b- before the uh, the wedding, the, the weeks before my brother's wedding, which was on July 11th, uh, it was super hot, and they were in a panic. Uh, so regardless. Um, it's hot now. It's hot now. We, you're entitled to your own opinion. Speaking of... I want to talk to you about something before we get into the NBA playoffs. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. By the way, it's the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, but uh, an institution when it comes to truck dealerships in the Northwest United States. They boast the largest inventory in the Pacific Northwest. To go check out the inventory, go to nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Northwest Motorsport, proud sponsor of the Nuanas Now Studio. So, we got an email today um, from one of our former colleagues here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, Alanya, who I think many of the great radio... Wonderful person. One of the, so many of the great radio uh, listeners around the city of Missoula uh, know well uh, from her time as the afternoon DJ on the trail for many years. Uh, she now is one of the head uh, music bookers at uh, Log, Jam. Log Jam. So, a lot of the concerts that are coming to town, those that's courtesy of Alanya and her team. Thank her. The... Concert series of the Kettle House Amphitheater returns at long last Finally. this weekend. Brandy Carlisle will play tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, I guess it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I believe she plays on the 4th of July. Regardless, three straight Brandy Carlisle concerts to kick off the Kettle House Amphitheater. Well, Kettle House Amphitheater is very short-staffed, just as everywhere in the service industry is very short-staffed. 
They're hiring for a variety of different positions, but mostly concessions and things like that. Uh, so if you want a great job to work with fun people, and uh, in the evenings, so it might be your, your second job, your side gig, you're going to get to go to concerts. You're not going to get to sit in the crowd or anything like that, but you're going to get to be around the great people in Missoula, meet some new friends, uh, make some extra money. I think it's a great job. So there's your public service announcement. But I wanted to ask you about this dynamic because... Uh, I, I, just give me the application. I want to sign <laughs> up, what, son. What's that, up? That's what I was saying. I was like, I don't, you know, 15 bucks an hour plus tips. 50. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like We're going to talk on the break. That's straight cash, homie. And that's what I'm saying. And like you just go to go meet a bunch of new friends. That sounds awesome, right? I can, I can pour foamy beverages. Be outside <laughs> or on the river in the summer. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like the greatest job. Hook so, me up, brother. So there's your opportunity if you're looking for a job, if you need some employment for the summer, you need a second job, or you just want to meet some new people. So go uh, check that out. You know, Kettle House on Facebook, Kettle, Kettle House Amphitheater or Log Jam on Facebook or uh, any of their various websites. That'll get you there. Uh, but they are looking for some help. But I want to ask you about this dynamic, and maybe not even the political nature of the dynamic, but the psychological nature of the dynamic Proceed, of right brother. now, the way the, the world is sort of operating, especially in Montana. Mm. I was out to lunch earlier this week. Uh, it was like a two-hour wait for, for me to get my yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. Because they only had two cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's not their fault. No. But everywhere in Missoula is short-staffed. One of the great parts about Missoula is the community and how everybody goes out and hangs out and supports each other and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But our, our uh, sort of restaurant industry, which is uh, a secondary part of our tourism industry, is really struggling right now. Absolutely. Just because people aren't working. Mm-hmm. I know the reasons why. Uh, it, it's a it's sort of this dichotomy that pushes and pulls on itself, right, in terms of the estate. Collected unemployment when you can make more money, but other than probably also still qualify for certain housing or mm-hmm. do you go back to work? I don't know. But I want to ask you about the psychology of this because I think that working, going to work, accomplishing things, it can be done from home, certainly. And there's all sorts of ways to find fulfillment, both uh, mentally, spiritually, all of that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that by and large, broadly, if you're going to make a broad statement about this, that it is not great for people to not be working. Well, it all depends on what you mean by working. Are we talking sure, about sure. how it how it affects our society and our financial institutions and stuff? Or right. Are we talking about not working and not having a sense of purpose? Right. So, you know, I, I, I dare ask you, rephrase the question. If we're talking about it from that perspective, it's not so much that I feel that people are human or humans need to work. We need a sense of purpose. Like when we when we have fulfillment, when we are philanthropic, when we are generous, when we are mentors or coaches or whatever, when we are doing something outside of ourselves, nine times out of ten, we're in a better space. When we lose that sense of purpose, that's when emotions kick in, isolated behaviors kick in, you know, things of that nature. Now you couple that and you parallel that with the pandemic over the last year. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole new world. The, the, there's a whole new psychological norm within the confines of working and without the confines of working. Some of that purpose was refound by being back home. We went, we went from the external locus of, of, of control looking uh, outward, and we went back inward with the pandemic. So the psychology of not working is yeah. very contingent upon where we are in our society today. And right now, we're in a very transitional period of time. It's impossible to throw stones either when I'm sitting here with... Uh, a job that I couldn't love more, uh, place to work that is just second to none, and uh, you know, uh, the dream, baby. The, the freedom to to build my own economy, so to speak, within the scope of Missoula Broadcasting Company. I mean, so I don't want to sound like you know, I'm saying get back to work, kids, because I do think there's a great many people that are probably using this time if they're not working for for healing. And I mean, Missoula is a great place where it's not as if all these people that aren't uh, that that didn't go back to their service industry jobs or whatever, whatever job you may not be working at currently. Mm-hmm. Sounds as if everybody's just sitting around at home. I think a lot of people are probably having the greatest time ever. They're probably floating the river, uh, rafting, kayaking, hiking, biking, fishing, all the good stuff. So, people are doing what's important to them. Sure. Like fulfillment, that's, you know, which is why I kind of wanted you to, to reiterate your question. Is it's This pandemic has proved, A, that not everyone needs to be in the cubicle Monday through Friday from 9 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. But what it also kind of gave us was new perspective that family's important. Being at home is important. The fact that sure. we spend more time in the office than we do in our living room. The psychology of that is, is it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a mind mess up. You know what I'm saying? Totally different verbiage needed, but we'll see. We'll see. We're still coming out of it and we'll see what happens going forward. 
Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Rajim Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. A uh, message uh, from one of our listeners. No AC in my car, but Seabrook makes it cool. <laughs> Great line. Love Woo! it. You're feeling spicy today. I, I, I don't know. Who's, who said that? Uh, thank it's you. It's just, just from a listener. Reese forwarded it along, so it doesn't have a name attached to it. But uh, thank you so much. Thank for, you. Uh, thank you, listener. That's nice. So you were coaching some football camp today. Dude, it was, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Good Lord, man. It was not fun. Well, I was high, and I wasn't in pads. I felt, I felt for the young man in pads, but, you know, it's uh, the boys of summer. Man, I I definitively remember the the hottest I've ever been in my whole life, and it was uh, I was a sophomore. I had just uh, gotten moved up to to JV varsity. I was like a backup middle linebacker, but uh, starting on JV, and so you know, feeling good. Oh yeah. And uh, we go to CMR play Pride Field. This is very early in the season, like the first or second game of the season. It's a Saturday game when there's actually still grass on that. Pro- field. Probably probably the first week of September. <laughs> And it was 90 in the shade. And I remember we went to uh, somewhere, some hamburger place beforehand, which retrospectively is just so dumb. I can't believe we used to, like, the coaches would even let us eat like that before games. But it was, like, burgers and fries before the game. So then I'm just, like, so dehydrated. I remember <laughs> I remember just absolutely wanting to die on Pride Field because it was so probably. hot, man. So I feel your pain. This was in September. You're doing it in the middle of June. So thank you for contributing uh, your efforts to the youth of our community. Let's talk some NBA playoffs. First and foremost, the news of this playoffs has been the rash of injuries to superstar players across the league. When LeBron James made his uh, four-tweet statement, as it were, uh, on Twitter... He basically criticized the NBA and said, hey, I told you this was going to happen. Uh, we only had 61 days between the end of the NBA Finals and the beginning of the regular season. And now you've seen more superstars than ever before out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the time LeBron made that tweet, it was nine all-star players that were out. And then Chris Paul subsequently got uh, quarantined because of uh, COVID scare. COVID. And then I think we had one other. Oh, and then Kawhi Leonard uh, hurt his, his self. Well, then... Uh, two nights ago, Trey Young weird steps behind himself and rolls his ankle on the ref. That and was then, the weirdest. It was like someone shot. It was this, where was the sniper on that? Exactly, man. So he's out for the Atlanta Hawks. See ya. And then last night, Giannis Antetokounmpo lands wrong, hyperextends his knee, but not in the traditional way, but in the side way, which to me, and I'm not a doctor, but I've... Been around. I mean, we've been studying these sports for a really long time, and um, my brothers had extensive surgeries. Many of my best friends have had extensive surgeries. That way, the way that his knee buckled like that is the most common way that you tear your ACL. Now, today, the reports are that he has no structural damage, but Kawhi Leonard has no structural damage either, and he's not returned to the Western Conference Finals exactly. for the loss to those Clippers. But all I'm saying is, last night was excruciating to watch. Mm-hmm. A couple different points here. First. I don't think that the Trey Young or Giannis Antetokounmpo injuries fit into this narrative of the shortened offseason. What happened to Trey Young was a freak thing. That was a freak and thing. And what happened to Giannis was a freak thing. Right. Giannis did not land wrong on his knee because of a shortened offseason. He just did it. It was just fully a one in a million. That's just what happens when you're, you know, six or seven, one, 240 pounds and you can jump 50 inches off the ground. You're going to have a <laughs> lot of room for error. Absolutely. But regardless, uh, number two, though, I thought that my biggest impression was there's been a lot of arguments about the NBA MVP. What is the MVP? For a great many years, it was the most valuable player to his team. Then the last several years, it's been sort of the best story, the best guy who's having his best year. So Stephen Curry on to Russell Westbrook, on to James Harden. Giannis Antetokounmpo wins two in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this year, Nikolai Jokic wins his first MVP. Uh, I think those guys were all valuable to their teams. But if you're truly talking about when you remove this player from the team, what does that team become? I thought last night was the most definitive display of why Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> is the most valuable player to his team in the NBA. Without him, the Bucks were lost. They got lost. ran out of the gym. Lost. It was It was the, the Bucks became, I, I don't even, I, they went from an NBA team to like an NAIA team. Like it was, it was, it was crazy that one person, 
granted, he is the face, he is the backbone, he is, he is the man. He's also the linchpin of the system because they're a fully system-based team on both, both sides, sides of the ball. ball. So when you take the funnel, the oil's not going to get down to where right. it needs to go to. This is the problem with building around one guy yep, and, 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 and having a team kind of be a one-trick pony. For sure. You cannot just put build around one person but not build around that one person and think that you're going to be able to sustain this now takes the Bucks to me kind of out of the picture if Giannis is not able to come back for the next game or two. There's only three guys in the entire NBA that can both guard on the ball, on the perimeter against elite talent, and also protect the rim. Kevin Durant, yep. Ben Simmons, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Done. Those are the only three dudes that could feasibly guard LeBron James on the ball and also help backside in your defensive scheme. Yep. When you remove those guys, you cannot function, particularly Giannis. Their whole defense, Drew Holiday is a good defensive player. He's an all-NBA-level defensive player when he knows he's got Giannis on his back. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez is an unfunctional defensive player when he doesn't have LeBron, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo on his I'll back. I'll give you that. I'll give like, you that. Like he can't guard anybody, but he, it's okay because he can just sort of linger and be the backside shot blocker when Giannis is in the game. Chris Middleton is below average defensively. Agreed. But he's adequate defensively when you have Giannis. That's also why Giannis is the best. I mean, he's the defensive MVP for a reason as well. So I know the he didn't The glue that binds it all. What's that? He's the glue that puts it all together. Exactly. And then you talk about the system on the other side. Oh, forget about it. I mean, they put he is one of the highest usage players in the league, and I know that sometimes he's unappealing to watch on offense because he's clunky. He can't shoot. Nope. He can also get to the cup on anybody at will. I mean, imagine imagine what he could become because he's a 50% free throw shooter, and he cannot shoot outside of 10 feet, yet he still averages. I mean, I think he's averaging 37, 37 points, points a, game a game in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Man. ridiculous, and, and, and how young he is, the development. Exactly. Like, the ceiling is, there is no ceiling. There is no ceiling. There well, is no the ceiling. other thing is he wants it, too. And he works for it. And and that, so that comes laurels. full circle to why yes, what sir. happened last night was terrible. I I hated it, man. Well, I hated it. Well, for me, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I hate it because it totally affects the, the, the complexion of the, of the series going forward. But what I also hated about it is I, I like watching these small City teams yep. make noise. Like I like the fact that it's Milwaukee sure. in, in 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 the conference finals and yep. not Boston again or you know Cleveland sure. yesteryear again. Yep. And it, it gives shine to a different part of the country, and I like that. Now, you it it also shows you the recipe of trying to build around one person. Like there are For other sure. GMs right now that are watching this and. I would like to have a Giannis, but we can't have a Giannis for this reason. So it's a it's a very interesting uh, observation that leads to assessments going forward. A follow-up text. These are coming from Gio. So thanks so much, Gio. I know you're a longtime loyal listener. I said, side note, service industry is hard to support yourself with the growing housing prices in Missoula. And that's actually it. When this all comes full circle, you can talk about the difference between uh, government benefits, unemployment, and uh, you know maybe what you consider unfair wages. But when you live in a community like Missoula where you cannot earn a living wage because what is a living wage has to be so much because rent prices are so high. Ridiculous. Then it is a valid argument. And I think that it, you, know, you can talk about all of the uh, wide... Uh, the vast uh, layers of this issue, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the amount the houses cost in the proportion to what an average Missoulian can make working a full-time job in Missoula is a broken equation, and it's going to be the, it's the crisis that's going to uh, affect literally every element of our community until we figure it out. The way the real estate market is here in Missoula reminds me of when Bill Clinton was in office, and we gave out the country gave out all these subprime loans for these great big houses. What happens when you're from, and please do not take this personal, listeners, I do not want my car scratched. When you move here from California or Michigan or New York or Washington and you're making that type of money and then you come here and you start making Montana wages, the bottom falls out. Like we are paying, we are working really hard. Recession's recession's out the window. Sure, We are working really hard to the next Dust Bowl. The biggest issue too though is that I think that the the real statistic I think is 43% of recent Missoula home purchasers have never and likely will never make a wage in the city of Missoula. Therefore, the local economy and mm-hmm. what the jobs pay here is not in line with what the, what the housing costs. At all. At all. And then when you, when you start bringing in outside monies that then buy these overly priced properties and you jack up the taxes, like right. it forces people out. And I hate to say it's almost a passive form of gentrification. For sure. But that, that's another story for another day. 
not to go too far down the politi- political rabbit hole, we'll keep it between the ditches here. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN <laughs> Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I, I enjoy talking politics. I enjoy talking uh, economy and economics and all of that sort of stuff. But I know that most of the people here are here for happy-go-lucky fun times. Sports. Sports. So let's keep talking some NBA. Rajim Seabrook joining me. Yo. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio, by the way. You know what? Here's what, here's what we're going to do. We are actually going to take a break and then talk a little bit of Paul George and a little bit of Olympics. Also, stay tuned. In about 20 minutes, it will be a Wing It Wednesday. I have Olympic questions. Think of the most prominent, prestigious Olympic medalists of all time. About 4.45, mm. 20 minutes from now, we're going to give you a chance to win a dozen wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. All you have to do is answer a couple trivia questions. Rajim will be your lifeline. I got you, son. Just think about prominent, prestigious American Olympians. So excited for the Olympics. By the way, are you an Olympics guy? Dude, I love the Olympics. Love the Olympics. Love the Olympics. Here's the thing. Do you know this about me? That probably my favorite spectator sport is track and field. For real. Ironic because I did not do track and field ever in my life. All right, Alanis Morissette. It is a little ironic. (laughs) Don't you think? But I love track and field, man. I just think it's the most cut and dry sport, man. It's... You can win a championship in pretty much every sport. You can win the biggest game that your sport offers by not playing well as long as you outplay your opponent. In, in, tra- in, in track and field, you only win if you perform your best, period. Okay, okay. now win a gold medal, you have to ball out. Like There is period. one moment in time. You have to run the best time you've ever ran to win a gold okay. medal. I think that's amazing, man. Like. To have the pressure that Usain Bolt had coming into the 2012 Olympics in London, having already broken three world records in Beijing, it gives me chills, man. The, the men's 100 meters is the dopest thing that is, there is in sports. If you, if I had to buy a ticket to something, if you could take me back in time, I'm allowed to buy a ticket to anything. 2008, Saturday night of the Olympics, when Usain Bolt broke the 100-meter record in front of 150,000 people live and probably literally a billion people around the world watching. Mm. That is the coolest to me, to me. I know it's 9.5 seconds worth of my time, but that's what I would spend money. That If you tell me huh. the million dollar ticket, that's the million dollar ticket. If I'm in the same boat with you and I yeah, ask yeah. for this, I go back in time and I watch Tiger win his first major title. Oh man, at the Masters? Bingo. Because man, like, that's a good one. For me... Have you watched the documentary yet? I... I'm, I might get into it this weekend. Bro, you have to. Okay. Dude. As someone yeah. that has such a close relationship with your son. Yes, sir. Oh, my God, dude. You, okay. And someone that has a close relationship with your father's, if the father figures in your life, too. Yes, like, sir. Man, you have to watch it. All right. I'm sold. I, it yeah, is I'll unbelievable. It. The, rela- the way that they lay out the relationship between Tiger and Earl. In all its glory. In all its toxicity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable, man. That would be my first one. Because for me, growing up, that was like culturally... like. Dude, there's a brother on television winning golf. Like, yeah. that for me as a young black man in America was like, what is, what? Like, that was, it, it what is that about? And, that, and, the, and the, that element of it was only part of it, too. Like, he, he, was, he was so transcendently, unbelievably great yes. and talented yes. that you might have never even seen golf before in your life. You've never played golf before in your life, and you're turning it on. It, it, it turned me on to the sport. I mean, he... he he just eviscerated people for the first couple of years. The impaler. Let's go, baby. Let's <laughs> he's, go. He's making guys 20 years older than him just melt. Like, guys are almost crying. They're melting down so bad when they're playing with Tiger Woods. It's, I don't know if it's a phenomenon we'll ever see again. Uh, no. I really don't know. I think that in terms of being a true prodigy, I don't, I don't really know if you can surpass what Tiger Woods was, man. I mean, he was mm. on, like, the late-night TV shows when he was two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. You've been around two-year-olds. Two-year-olds can like barely even walk or talk. Well, I, I have one. I, I know. Imagine being able to hit a hundred-yard pitching wedge dead into a green. I am not doing my job as a father. My <laughs> daughter <laughs> no. is so see, lame. No, see, not at all. No, so at here's, all. here's the thing, though, man. This this is beyond anything besides just mm. a pure gift. I mean, no, just Earl said he was a gift to the world, and I, you know, I I don't even think, even think it has to be a religious thing. Like it, that's true, man. Yeah. He, he was made to do one thing, and he did it. Well, better than anybody, maybe. What's that? Golf or crashing or fire hydrant? <laughs> Sorry, I had to, folks. Nuana's down. One of tonight, ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. <laughs> Rajim Seabrook in studio with me. 
Keep it right here. We're going to talk some more NBA. We're also going to talk about The Weight of Gold, the new HBO documentary produced by Michael Phelps. Talked about it a little bit with Justin Angle yesterday, but I want to get Rajim's perspective on it from a psychological perspective because uh, I think that on one hand, some of the Olympians, particularly in the summer sports, are some of the most dedicated, disciplined, and um, accomplished athletes in our society, yet when it's over... What do they do? And it's, 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 it's a it's fascin- it's a fascinating uh, analysis that you could be the, literally the greatest in the world at what you've pursued your whole life. And then when you can't compete in it anymore, you have nothing. And that's an amazing phenomenon. So we'll get into that a little bit. Also about mm, 17, 18 minutes away from a chance for you to win a dozen wings. The Desperado Yum. Sports Tavern and Grill. Keep it right here on ESPN Missoula. Back after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. To more. New one is now on ESPN Radio with special guest Rajiv Zebrook. Yeah, we can just listen to this all afternoon. This makes me happy. Rajim claims Glass Night of the Pips, one of the most underrated acts of all time, and uh, it's hard to argue with him. If you want Man, the lo- she could sing. If you want the logic, and I hope my homegirl Maggie's listening, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, like how yep, yep. underrated Gladys Knight is. We can talk about it maybe on a future podcast. I love it. We, we'll get back to sports, but listen to some Gladys. You'll go home a happy man. And you'll make your wife happy tonight, too. Make make it happen. Nuwana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Marriage advice, life advice from Rajim Seabrook, who joins me here on Wednesday. He'll be back again tomorrow. First double dose in one week we've had since Rajim got back in the fold here. Appreciate him for spending so much time with us. Programming note, we're off on Friday again. A Missoula Broadcasting Company is going to be closed Friday through Monday. So, um, no Nuwana is now on Friday or Monday. Hope everybody, I mean, I know what you're all doing. You're finding the water, and you're sitting in it for the duration of the weekend, and so you're not going to be listening to your radio, so that's fine. That's what I'm going to go do, too. going to go sit in the water. Um, Regardless, Rajim will be with us tomorrow as well, and uh, on that note, we usually do our Florence Coffee Company Fridays, but uh, I had my Florence Coffee. I already spilled it on myself before the show. You wear it well. (laughs) Rajim (laughs) came in here and uh, already had his coffee ready to go, and... So then I almost gifted his other coffee that I got him from Floco to somebody else. And he said, nope, I want it. So he's double caffeinated now. Seven shots. Tell me <laughs> tell me your strategy again. So I always go iced coffee, even when it's hot, cold, anywhere. Because I'm trying to mainline this thing, man. I, I'm not here for anything but a good time. I want it in my body as fast as possible, period. You always go hot, especially in the summer. What's the rationale? The rationale is let's have a social geographical moment, right? Think about when nomadic tribes. Sure. You know what they do to counteract the heat? They drink hot beverages. They bring their core temperature up, which then makes the ambient temperature around you cooler. So I drink hot beverages. I warm up, and then all of a sudden, I'm cooling down. Wise grasshopper. Oh, yes. <laughs> when you grab this pearl from my hand, then and only then. I love it. Broadcasting to you live, too, from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Thanks for Northwest Motorsport being a part of this. Go check them out on the corner of Stevens and Mount. They're new to Missoula, but they boast the largest inventory of trucks in the entire Pacific Northwest. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the... Actually, we're going to do more about the NBA in the second hour. Right now, I want to talk about um, this this documentary, which I'm sure you have not seen. It's pretty new. Weight of Gold. It's on HBO. Michael Phelps produced it. He's one of the main characters in it. Smart dude. It's all about the singular pursuit of reaching uh, 
a truly almost unique and elite level of athleticism or athletic accomplishment like Michael Phelps did. Mm-hmm. Michael Phelps won 28, count them, 28 Olympic medals, including 23 gold medals. I mean, there's there's probably less than 10 countries that have won 23 gold medals in the Summer Olympics. I'm serious, <laughs> no, man. For real. For real. For real. Like, 23 gold medals is just an absolutely unfathomable number of gold medals. And to do it spread over four Olympics is something I don't know if we'll ever see replicated. The fact that this kid was able to get on a podium when he's 15 and then keep doing it all the way into his 30s, it's just, it's it's beyond compare. Truly, when you talk about the greatest athletes of all time, in terms of resume, I think it's hard to say that anybody is better than Michael Phelps. All that said, this documentary is about guys like him, mm-hmm. but specifically Olympic sports, they're so specialized. Mm-hmm. To start chasing your Olympic dreams, you have to be sort of a prodigy. I mean, you need to be in the driver's seat of, of being one of the elites in your age group when you're 12 or 13 years old. If not younger. And you need to be in your first Olympic trials by the time you're in your middle teenage years and you absolutely need to be in the Olympics in your early 20s at the very, very latest, but more preferably in your late teens. Mm -hmm. The amount of discipline and training and sacrifice sacrifice that that takes, you can't say that that's a negative thing for a person. It's an incredibly positive thing for a person. But But when you're a guy like Michael Phelps, you are literally probably spending 10 to 12 hours per day in the pool, probably another three to four hours per day working on your body, whether that's eating, cooking, cooking for yourself to eat, stretching, sleeping, you know, whatever, hydrating, all of these things. So your life has one singular pursuit. You don't do anything else. And this documentary is all about how the fallout that occurs after these Olympic dreams, I don't even want to say die, but end. Even if you do go out on top and you get gold medals and stuff, then what do you do after this? And so I, I think it's a fascinating thing, but just talk about the psychology of that because I do think that there is um, such inherently great things to be learned from these pursuits of these athletes, but also there's this this sad end game for many of them because they just wander lost for a moment in time, if not for a long time. I will liken you know, an athlete of this nature and ilk to someone who's been in the military. Right, you become indoctrinated. Sure. You 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 have this one vision. I've got to get to the end. I've got to you know do what I need to do to be the best Olympian. Same thing in the military. I want to rise through the ranks. I want to make this. I want to be, you know be a captain or whatever. Then what happens is the mind becomes institutionalized due to the, your 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 volition of either wanting to be in the military or or an athlete. But then what happens when the bottom falls out and you don't have that structure anymore and you become a regular Joe schmo, so to say. What happens when you don't have that structure, when you don't have that foundation of this is when you do it, this is how you do it? Same thing with the military. And a lot of people, once they come out of the military and don't have that structure, it's a struggle. So when you have this is your whole life as an Olympic athlete is to to, to be at the pinnacle, the apex, the zenith, and then it, the bottom falls out, sure. you have not had friends. You have not had a job. You yep. have not had to socially interact. You've also never had to, I thought about this, I talked about this with Justin Angle on my show on Monday. I guess, I, actually, it was yesterday. Yesterday. Um, you, I think that, particularly as a, if you're a man, part of, of being a young man is learning your acceptable level of risk taking risks, finding risks that are risky, but also a thrilling or, or whatever to you. Right. Finding ways to channel a risk t- taking behavior into like a positive fashion to, to be fulfilling and not dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I learned that I loved extremes when I was young, but then was able to channel that in a great many ways through skiing. Mm. So I can be very ex- extreme skiing and it's certainly very dangerous. Right. But, you hone your craft and and what I'm saying though is I think that that's what another element of the psychological part of this that they're missing is that Michael Phelps only knew one way to fill his competitive fire. He only knew one way to find a thrill. Mm-hmm. It's the roar of the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's like the the uh, article I wrote for Mountains and Mines this uh, spring, Montana State uh, Alumni Magazine on Sam McCollum, who, by the way, what a phenomenal character, a guy who played for the Bobcats in the mid-70s and then had a, an 11-year NFL career, but then was basically Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick, standing on the front lines of the NFL Players Association and their strikes, and then he was an NFL Players Association rep for like 40 years. Truly influential on, on the state of the game. But he told me a story about the first time he met Gail Sayers. And Gail Sayers told Sam McCollum, the key to your life will be figuring out what you need after the crowd start, stops roaring. 
when you aren't scoring a touchdown, when people aren't cheering you on in the arena, mm-hmm. how do you fulfill that? And I think that's where some of these athletes they fall so short. They don't have the they don't have that experience because they've only ever learned how to find the thrill to uh, mitigate risk in one fashion. And that's what I mean by by being almost institutionalized by your craft. So once you remove yourself from that, who are you? Where do I go? I don't know how to do this because I've been so insulated as this person surrounded by a dietitian, a nutritionist, a coach, an assistant coach, and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, you're just dropped. You are just dropped in. Now you're just supposed to reacclimate to to, to regular life. And unlike a a retired baseball player, a football player, or even a tennis player, your lack of recognition because you're only on television every four years, like the shine, the shine comes away from you. For sure. And also the weird thing that you're also, you're considered an Olympic athlete, but not necessarily a professional athlete. So like just the, the stigmas that, that, that exude themselves around Olympic athletes. It's a sad story. I feel the same way about track athletes. What happens after the Olympics? There's no professional track league that 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 we know of that's on par with, say, like the NBA or the NHL. There's 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 no you know pole vaulting championships that we hear right. about like after after the Olympics and just how these great sports, albeit obscure in comparison to the big three, it's how do you, how do you save these people? Which is why I think sports psychiatry, the mind of the athlete, is so much different than anything else. I was comparing it uh, yesterday too to the, the the difference between somebody that is a uh, an individual athlete in an Olympic type sport compared to somebody that maybe plays college football, for example. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody that plays college football is not making it to the NFL. Nope. Most guys realize that they're not making the NFL pretty soon mm-hmm. because of their inability to win their position battle or an injury or mm-hmm. whatever. But you still experience such a, a more holistic. Uh, Immersion into athletics when you're playing college football because you're around a group of people. You get to interact. You get to learn other personalities. You're being coached. You're learning the hierarchy of respect. You're learning how to lose frequently in the public sphere. Mm-hmm. But you're also on a college campus. You're in a community. All of these different things. Like, again, Michael Phelps was doing one thing when he was training for the Olympics. The fact that he could dedicate himself to that for 16-plus years mm-hmm. In certain ways, it's almost unhealthy, right? To a degree, too much of anything is not is right. not good. You know, like seven shots of coffee in an hour. It's just, <laughs> it's just not it's not conducive to anyone's well being. Um, and and when you look at some of these Olympic athletes, four, five, six, seven, eight years after the fact, there's there's some struggle out there. Um, you lose your purpose, you lose your fame. Like there's just it's just not the same as professional athletes after. Like Gail Sayer said, after the crowd is gone, after the lights are off, after the podium is taken down, a lot of Olympic athletes just don't have that luxury that professional athletes do after the lights go off. Rajiv Seabrook joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. We're going to continue talking about the psychology of sport, as it were, in the second hour, but right now we got to get out because we have some trivia for you. It's the Wing of Wednesday. Presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. I have four questions about former Olympians, some of the great medal winners in the history of the United States Olympic team when it comes to the summer games. So keep it right here. Your trivia answers will earn you a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Nuana is now back on ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana, right after this. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. I'm so in love with you. Whatever you want to do, 
No, it's not. It's Nuanez now. Rajiv Seabrook <laughs> in studio with me, Culture Nuanez, giving you all the reviews of the best 60s and 70s soul music we can find. We'll also tag a little sports as well. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX, Montana TV. You're talking about Gladys Knight being underrated. I think Al Green is underrated too, man. See, I think Al had a resurgence. Think? He did. That's true. Due to Quentin Tarantino, but also some of Al Green's personal transgressions makes him, he took away from himself. There's actually a lot of uh, the guys from that era that have sort of uh, had different resurgences, but then somehow sort of like, I don't know why I think feel this way. Maybe I'm incorrect, but I feel like people forgot about James Brown too. Like James Brown is, you, you know, the younger ha- generation. He hasn't been. He hasn't had that moment where he returns. Like having your song in a movie, like a new age movie. And I know that that song was in what Quentin Tarantino movie? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Right. Yeah. It's not a new age movie, I guess. That's 25 years old now. But regardless, it does it, it familiarizes you with a new group of people. James Brown hasn't had that yet. Well, the reason why James Brown partially hasn't had that resurgence, and every engineer who's listening to this show is going to nod their head, hip-hop took away from James Brown's resurgence. Truth. If you think about that. And George he, Clinton, too. And, exactly. So overused. Yeah. It was they didn't have the resurgence because right. they were resurging within, within, and so many people didn't even know that most of, that those hooks were songs by other people, right? Oh, between James Brown, uh, Parliament Funkadelic, the Isley Brothers, like Nile Rodgers, Nile Rodgers, Cheek, Al Green, Al Green. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. for sure, it's so, a fascinating conversation. Absolutely, we Boots could, and Collins. We'll continue to hash this conversation out in the second hour, but right now we have to go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. It's time for a Wing It Wednesday. We have a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, the best wings. In the city of Missoula. Word. Welcoming Chris for a Wing It Wednesday. Chris, what's going on today? How you staying cool? Uh, not well. Uh, I'll see uh, I'll see your Al Green and raise you a Barry White. Ooh, Barry White's a good one, too. Yeah, baby. Gotta love it. All right, yeah, Chris. Wanna... <laughs> we, right. Have, we have Olympic trivia questions for you. This is old school. This is like old school two-telling two Nuanas, two-telling Tucker, whatever. We're doing, <laughs> I got four trivia questions for you. We need you to get two right. Rajim is your lifeline. Because I have four questions, I'm going to give you two lifelines here. So you got two lifelines. You got to get three out of these four questions right. And if you do, you're heading to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for the best wings in Missoula. How's that sound? Sounds way no boy. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Hello? Tell me want wingy. All right, Chris, question number one. This American swimmer won a record 28 overall medals, including 23 gold medals. Name that former Olympic swimmer. You were just talking about him, Michael Phelps. Very good. I always try to uh, give you the uh, a tease to one of the answers of the questions uh, <laughs> to make sure people continue to listen. So thank you so much, Chris. You, you fulfilled my experiment correctly. Number two. Thank you, sir. Number two. This American has four gold medals in women's gymnastics, which is the most ever by any Olympian women's gymnast from the United States. Name that American gymnast. Simone Biles. Simone Biles. That is correct. The uh, I was actually surprised by this. Um, the the uh, top medal winner overall for women's gymnasts from America is Shannon Miller. Seven total gold medals. Or seven total medals, excuse me, two gold medals. Simone Biles, the four oh. golds, though, is, is the most ever by an American gymnast. Allie Raceman actually has more medals overall than Simone Biles. She was in two Olympics, though Simone Biles is now coming up, and I think that Simone Biles is probably going to add uh, a couple more medals to her, uh, her arsenal, or I guess her trophy case uh, here this upcoming summer. By the way, text from a uh, loyal listener. We, Rajim and I were talking about the, the ticket that we would love to buy from the past to a sporting event. And she said if she had one ticket from the past, the 1996 Women's Gymnasts Team Finals at the Atlanta Olympics uh, back in 96. And if she had one ticket present, she'd want to see the all-round in the women's gymnastics this summer to watch Simone fly. I love that. It's a That's a good, good one. That's a great That's one, That's great. Man. Thanks for that one. That's yeah, good. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sending in uh, your submission. All right, Chris, uh, you are already... Uh, almost there, and you haven't even used the lifelines. You have two lifelines left, two questions left. So number three, this female sprinter has nine Olympic medals, including six golds, both of those the most ever by a United States women's track athlete. She also recently, at the age of 36 years old, less than two months after having a baby, 
set the world record in the 400 meters. Name that Olympic sprinter. Uh, I may need a lifeline here. Because uh, I'm thinking Jackie Joyner-Kersey, but I think she's older than 36. That's right. Jackie Joyner-Kersey was uh, most famous in the 1980s. So, Correct. Uh, not Jackie Joyner-Kersey. Rajiv, do you have a uh, help for our... I, I, I will help. It's right in the vein of a one-person name, like Madonna, Cher. That person's name is Felix. That's right. Allison Felix, uh, I think perhaps, Ooh. we were talking about underrated. Allison Felix is one of the most underrated female athletes. I mean, I know she is sort of Not the face. Not even spoken about. She's, she's the face of women's track and field, but women's track and field needs more exposure because Allison Felix, she's the full package, man. I mean, she's going into her third Olympics. She has nine total medals, and she's going to be a favorite to, to earn a couple more here this summer. Uh, Allison Felix is uh, incredibly impressive. All right, so Rajim gets you the wings, Chris, so you're already set with that. So this is basically just a bonus question. Number four, this female tennis superstar surprisingly, has won five Olympic gold medals, including, excuse me, five Olympic medals, including four in women's doubles tennis. Name that female tennis superstar. Um, Serena Williams? Well, uh, you're pretty close. Uh, how about the uh, the other uh, sister? Her sister, Venus. Venus Williams, you got My it. Man. Four for four, only need one lifeline. All right. All right, Chris, you're the man. Thanks so much for calling in. Give your information to Tommy in the back. You are now the proud winner of a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern. You're welcome, Chris. Wing it Wednesday. We do this Thank every you, Wednesday. Of course, man. Thanks so much for listening. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Rajim Seabrook joining me, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport, the corner of Stevens and uh, Mount here in Missoula. They boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can also check out all that inventory, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Who are the greatest college basketball players from the 1980s, which was objectively the golden era of college basketball. Rajim will tell you, and we also have a little bit of a giveaway for you. Of course we do. We got Missoula Palettes tickets for you as well. So keep it here. The ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Back after this on Nuanas Now. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime anywhere msubookstore.org MSU Bookstore your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.